And we're sitting in the hotel lobby doing these one-on-ones, and they're probably going, and remember, we went to see Jimmy Johnson. Yes, that was the best. I was hoping would, would that the was highlight the Bull Brothers episode come up, and yes, it would be Jimmy Johnson, national championship coach at Miami, his soon-to-be Super Bowl champion coach, Kessling, and I don't know if you how much you had to do with it, Gene, but talks called, his way in. I called, No, I called Johnny Majors. Johnny Majors. And Johnny Majors called Jimmy Johnson. Johnny Majors liked the Bull Brothers enough. He made Jimmy Johnson do <laughs> yes. a skit with us. You know, the best part of that was, I mean, he... He didn't know us from Adam, no, right? No, But no. he went along with he it like along. the pro that he it, is. It, it, it was, was great. hilarious. Yeah. I remember we walked into a Welcome to Country Road Detours, podcasting from the front porch of the South. Visit us at countryroaddetours.com. Well, folks, we have a historical meeting of the mind today. In the 1980s, on WBIR-TV, Bob Kessling, Gene Patterson, and Ted Hall became the Bowl Brothers. Like the Blues Brothers, the Bowl Brothers were on a mission. A mission to follow the University of Tennessee football team whenever they had a bowl game. Their comical skits and dances were hilarious. They ran into legends like Johnny Majors, Jimmy Johnson, and other great coaches. I'm Bob Longmire, the producer for Country Road Detours, and I was the art director for WBR back in those days, and I worked with creative director Steve Dean on the successful Bowl Brothers campaign. Ted Hall shared with me that he was looking forward to this reunion because they've tried so many times to get together. So folks, for your listening pleasure, I present the Bowl Brothers Reunion. And now, let's listen in. Hi folks, I'm Gene Patterson. Never heard of you. (laughs) This is the Country Roads Detours, and uh, I'll be your host here for the next 45 minutes Couldn't find a better host. Uh, And the guy speaking, I don't know his name. (laughs) He looks familiar. I think I've seen him in a... Post office or two. Ted Hall, Anchorman at Channel 8. It is good to see you. Of course it is. is. Every time I see you, and and Bubba too, every time, it's just like, just happiness kind of bubbles through you. It's weird. It's weird. Because I couldn't stand you. Is that happiness that's bubbling there? (laughs) That's what that is. I'm not sure sure I need to be sitting next to Ted here. And to my right is uh, Bob Kessling, the voice of the volunteers. So welcome, gentlemen. Good to see you, Gene. Yeah, this is going to be fun. We're going to talk a little bit of. about a lot of things, I think. Uh, one of the topics, though, of course, is something three of us were involved in many, many moons ago. Uh, we were all acquitted, so let's move on and talk to, about <laughs> okay, something so, else. So we won't talk about that. But we want to talk about the Bowl Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oh, Channel yeah. 10 uh, Bowl Brothers back in the, I guess it was, what, mid-80s that we started. Yeah. You want you want to tell us a little bit about it, Bob? Well, what happened was in 1985, Tennessee surprises everybody and goes to the Sugar Bowl. We're, we're at Channel 10. And uh, we don't have the rights to the game. Channel 6 is going to carry the game. That's right. That's right. And so Steve Dean, Steve Dean, our creative genius at Channel 10, comes in and says, we need to steal the game from Channel 6. And, well, how are we going to do that? He said, well, we need to, we're going to send all these people down there to do these games, and we need to have a special investigative team, you know, to, to do feature <laughs> stories and stuff. Yeah, that's what, whatever he said. I don't know. <laughs> he said, so my idea is to put you guys in orange tuxedos. And have you run up down Bourbon Street and do these special stories? I said, well, first of all, we ain't doing that. Absolutely not. <laughs> we're not doing new, that. New, new. I said, why don't we just put on, and we were, we were kind of batting things around. I said, let's put on black suits and, you know, be the be the Bull Brothers. And at first there was kind of these stunned looked around at the table. Well, that's pretty stupid, too. <laughs> you know? But then we thought, well, this could be funny. And then suddenly we all kind of bought in, and the next thing we know we're, doing these spots, and uh, we show up on Bourbon Street wearing So you sunglasses. guys did them on Bourbon Street. Well, first, oh I thought Liberty Bowl was first, but you guys no, did the no, Sugar Bowl no, first. We, Sugar you Bowl. know, honestly, we weren't, we weren't supposed to do the actual outfits on Bourbon Street. Uh, these were just promotions, you remember? Yeah. Action 10 News semi-proudly presents The Bowl Brothers Plus One. The mission to find out just what goes on during Sugar Bowl time and be there when it happens. Boys, we're going to New Orleans and we're going incognito. Let's go in the Dotson. 
your Barry Manilow albums. Get your Barry Manilow albums. Right here, Barry Manilow albums. Hey, buddy, you know those records aren't very good. Hey, mister, it doesn't take a good record to get into the Liberty Bowl. Oh, yeah. That 85 Sugar Bowl, to this day, was the most unbelievable event I'd ever been to because our fans were so starved yeah. to go to a bowl game. And, and win the SEC, and that was such a magical, you know, Tony Robinson gets hurt, and Daryl Diggy comes in and leads him to the SEC championship. And I'll never forget, in January, that we're on one of those balconies at Bourbon Street, and I got Daryl Dickey to come down and be on the, our 6 o'clock newscast, and he walked out on that balcony on Bourbon Street, and it was all orange from one end of Bourbon Street to the other. And it was like the Pope who was oh, up yeah. there talking to the masses, and he yeah. would, and the place would go crazy. So all we had to do was just, we we just show up, walk around in, in those suits, and we get mobbed. We had to get off Bourbon Street because we couldn't move. It was yeah, crazy. no, it was it. It really was nuts. So some trivia. Now Chip Carter, who um, was the weekend anchor, sports anchor at the time, was the original third bowl brother. Right. And then Ted joined. He us bailed on us, and we yeah. picked up Paul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. But but originally the Bowl Brothers were the the act was called the Bowl Brothers Plus One. Yeah, I was the plus one yeah. because I was the feature guy. I wasn't the sports guy, but uh, yeah. But that, the first year we didn't do any reports. Nope. It was just all commercials about us going down there, and and then uh, and it was such a success. Then we just kept doing them every year, and yeah. it just grew, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, so, it was amazing. Yeah. But let's talk about Ted when you joined the team and yeah. you found out you had to put on. <laughs> Eighty-eight is when I joined, and part of the pitch was, and you get to do this too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was I, I came in interviewed to be the weekend sports guy. Chip was leaving. I got to hang out with Chip too, um, and part of the pitch was if you come here. You get to be a bull brother, okay? And you're like, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's great. That's, that's great. That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever that means, right? Seriously, you showed me some of the stuff, and I, all I remember is somebody yelling, Barry Manilow records for sale. This is a skit you guys said. Barry Manilow records for sale, and you losers walk up. Those records aren't very good. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, rec don't, don't have to have a good record to go to the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> why that, you? Why, 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 why you? Why you? Why you? Yeah, I'm in. I don't care. I love this stuff. I'm in. So, yeah, 88 was the first one I did, and Tennessee wasn't good enough to go to a yeah. bowl game. So we, we were the Super Bowl brothers that year for Pete. They, they sent us to Miami. Yes. We don't have tickets. No. We don't have. No credentials. Passes. We can't get any access to anything. Nothing. No. Nothing. And if you remember, Dave, we had a bunch of Tennessee guys on the Bengals. So we had David Douglas and yeah. Carl Zander. I think, I guess Tim McGee might have been on that right. team. So we just go over to the hotel lobby and we break every single NFL rule <laughs> because uh, David Douglas comes down and says, hey guys, you know, so we do interviews with them. What do you guys want to talk to Boomer? Or you want to talk yeah, to these we get Boomer Sison? We get the quarterback. Icky Woods, you know, is doing the Icky Show. He brings brings these guys down to the lot. Nobody's getting one on ones yeah. at the Super Bowl, and we're sitting in the hotel lobby doing these one on ones, and they're probably going. And remember, we went to see Jimmy Johnson. Yes, <laughs> that was the best. I was hoping would, would that the highlight the Bull Brothers episode come up, and yes, it would be Jimmy Johnson, <laughs> national championship coach at Miami, his soon to be Super Bowl champion coach, Kessling, and I don't know if you how much you had to do with it, Gene, but talks called, his way in. I called no, I called Johnny Majors. Johnny Majors and Johnny Majors called Jimmy Johnson. Johnny Majors liked the Bull Brothers enough; he made <laughs> Jimmy Johnson do yes. a skit with us. You know, the best part of that was, I mean, he. He didn't know us from Adam, no, right? No, but no. he went along with he it like along. the pro that he is. It, it, it was, was great. hilarious. It was yeah. great. I remember we walked into his secretary's office, <laughs> yes. and she goes, we had the suits on. Right. And she's gone, <laughs> I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I really wasn't. Like, oh, man. It's so it's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. It's like, it's Coach stupid. Johnson in here right now. I said, well, good. We need you to do this, you know. And so she, she okay, whatever you guys want to do. So she goes, uh, <laughs> Who are you guys? We're the Bowl Brothers. She just see Coach Johnson. Well, he's not here right now. Well, we got an appointment. Well, he's not here. So, oh, well, tell him we stopped by. You know, we, so we're walking out dejected, and she gets, of course, gets on the phone under the desk. Coach Johnson, they've gone. You can come out now. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he does some acting for us, doesn't he? Doesn't yeah, we come out, remember, we, yeah, we, remember, we come out the door. We yeah. come out of the office, and we're going to go out in the parking lot and wait for him. And then he pulls up. Yeah. And he gets out of the car, and he looks at us, and he said, what do you guys want to do? I said, we tell him. And he, you know, he was all in. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was great. Coach, how you doing? Not too bad. We haven't seen you since the 85 Sugar Bowl. Well, you don't need to uh, remind me of that. You haven't gotten your suits clean since then either, have you? Huh? Huh? Oh. And we, only, we were only with him for about five minutes. Yeah. So we go up to him and he said, you know, you, I, I think Ted or something. Coach, we're here to talk about the, the Super Bowl. Guys, I'm not coaching in the Super Bowl. That's right. I'm, I coach the Miami Hurricanes. We just won the Orange Bowl. 
you're not coaching in the game. Well, no, first we'd go and say, Coach, we haven't seen you since the 85 Sugar Bowl. <laughs> it's good to see you. Yeah, don't remind me about that one, fellas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You guys haven't gotten your suits clean since then, have you? <laughs> That's right. And that was an ad lib. That's that was an ad lib. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> said, I'm not coaching in the Super Bowl. Uh, so anyway, I remember we sent it back. And uh, I guess it was Swinehart. Jim Swinehart was the news director. And he goes, I nobody's talking because Johnson was going to the Cowboys. Yeah. And there's all these negotiations. Nobody's getting a one-on-one with Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> you guys got a one-on-one with Jimmy Johnson? Yeah. So we send it back. And, of course, it's a hilarious deal. Oh, that's <laughs> great. He's blowing his Because we, we go, Coach, you're not coaching in the game? No, I'm not coaching in the game. Okay. Right, see you. See you. <laughs> we just walk away. We're not interested. <laughs> well, hey, that was also the, uh, the, the trip. But, but, anyway, but do we call in. We call in. And we send the, the deal, the thing back. And they're going, gosh, this is great. You had to ask you about the Cowboys job, didn't you? No, nah, we're doing Bull Brothers stuff. I signed on that crap. Yeah, real work. We didn't do that. Not real work. You know, that was also the uh, the trip where we started our, our journey in those in the black dinghy. suits. In the dinghy. <laughs> coming on shore, right? Yeah. Now, the Tom Bigby waterway. <laughs> Who's Tom Bigby? Yeah. Oh, he was great. He's got on happy days now. That was Tom Bosley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Bixby. You're thinking he Bill was Bixby. an incredible Hulk. That's yeah. not him. <laughs> so, anyway, we're supposed to go down to Tom Bigby Water right. because we couldn't afford, and we were just going down by boat. Of course, the boat breaks raft. down. We, so, we wind up there in the ocean in those suits, and they're all. So, and the raft oh, is yeah. flat, and we walk up <laughs> off the beach. Remember the dragon was flat it the raft? boat? What was it? The. Uh, Moulin Rouge, yeah. the Moulin Rouge Hotel. We don't know where we're staying. Yeah, we don't know where so we're then, then we go to the Orange Bowl. <laughs> All this stuff, by the way, Kessling, basic, I, I don't want to short Eugene, I don't. I think Kessling made up almost everything we did, because I never did figure out what we were supposed to be brother. doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never did. I just, okay, you tell me what to do next. All right, I'll do it. Okay, so I'll do it. We show up at the, at the Orange Bowl, right. and we're doing these big Super Bowl previews, and of course the game's not at the Orange Bowl. No, it's at Joe Robbins. <laughs> so we're walking. <laughs> walking hey, we're here, boys. A lot of great players have been here. Larry Zonka, you know, Bob Greasy, Julio Iglesias. You know. <laughs> we we're just the, doing stuff. Then we got the, the guy, the superintendent, to play along. Throwing us out. <laughs> it was funny how people would just, oh, I, I think just, it's, the I think they were attracted to the black suits. Something about it. But on the beach, remember, the, this kind of a muscle-bound guy was the first guy we meet in Miami, and he calls us dinks. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we walk up and we go, hola. Como está? <laughs> we're in Miami, you idiot. George was speak English. These big muscle-bound oh, yeah. guys. But, oh. but anyway, the guy says, hey, what are you guys doing here? Get off the field. Said, well, we're here for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl? Super Bowl's not here. It's at Joe Robbie Stadium. And they take it. Joe Robbie, who was that? He was the guy in My Three Sons. No, that was Robbie Douglas. <laughs> he was a punter for the Dolphins. So, no, that's, that's uh, so let me, <laughs> Reggie so let, Roby. <laughs> so let me ask you guys. Um, why, first of all, why do you think that was so successful? Because it was so different from what anybody else was doing. And, uh, and it was so spontaneous. Because we'd all get together and we'd throw out ideas yeah. and then we'd all tweak it. Because, you know, we kind of did the Three Stooges mm -hmm. basic yeah. plot. You know, we had one guy that thought he was the brilliant leader and right. he was an idiot. He didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> we had one guy that thought that he was smarter than everybody else, right. but he turned out to just have these ridiculous <laughs> ideas. And then... Whatever then, I did, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yeah, so had, you know. But anyway, you just had this plot, and you know, you all thought you were brilliant, and you were you were just groundbreaking, and everything just turned out. I Jim Haslam one time called me, and because we went to the Cotton Bowl. Yep, I remember. And we're we're down there in Dallas, and we're talking about the great relationship between Tennessee and uh, Texas, and how Tennessee, the volunteers came down here and freed Texas, and all these great Tennesseans gave their life for Texas independence, like, you know, Sam Houston and Davy Crockett, Tennessee Ernie Ford. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, remember, we had Jerry Owens, our camera guy, and I sent him out that morning, I said, get every shot you can of Alamo. Yeah. Alamo rental car, Alamo bail bond, any shot. And he's driving all over Dallas looking for Alamo. And he's mad as a horn. What are we doing this for? <laughs> so now we're walking. I'm, I'm giving the lesson about this great relationship with Tennessee and Texas. And we're going to go find the Alamo in Dallas. And we're walking down the street and we're looking up at these. Well, that's Alamo rental cars. That's, that's not. Alamo's you know, got to be around I'd here. I'd forgotten then. Yeah. So you just brought that up. <laughs> that said, was a goofy the, bit. The, the, the Alamo's <laughs> got to be around here someplace. And probably up this guy. Hey, pal. So we're looking for the Alamo. Where's the Alamo? Well, the Alamo's in San, San Antonio. Antonio. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Well, when did they move it? 
Yeah. <laughs> Jim Haslam said he about fell off his couch laughing so hard at that. You're listening to Country Road Detours. wrong with Washington. I'm Gene Patterson in our nation's capital. Some people say Washington is broken. What's wrong with Washington? Tonight on 6 News at 11. This is WVOT News at 11 with Ted Hall and Amanda Hara. This is pretty amazing. Heavy rain caused a sinkhole to open in the middle of a busy Colorado road Tuesday. Crews had to use heavy equipment to pull something out of the sinkhole. This SUV dropped right in. Voice of the Vols, Bob Kessling with the call. LSU trying to line up now on second down and 17. Clausen out of the shotgun. Back to throw. Looking. Firing over the middle. The pass is complete. It's complete to Kelly Washington. Washington's going to walk in for a Tennessee touchdown. 70 yards as Casey Clausen found Kelly Washington on the slant. Washington beat the defense. These things, for those who are listening and don't know the Bull Brothers, they're really kind of hard to explain. Yeah. I, I still try to tell the new kids what they were and the impact they had, which but was remarkable. We would run a little minute and a half to two minute long sort of skits in the newscast. Right. right. In the newscast. We're doing this goofy stuff, telling these stupid one-liners and blowing every adventure we come upon. And they ran in the news. And, pe and people waited for those yeah. spots. Yeah. I mean, they oh, were angry if you didn't show up. Well, you know, because up. we kind of separated ourselves. You know, that, well, okay, now we got a Bull Brothers report. You know, it's like yes. I was disgusted, you know, to, <laughs> got got these, idiots. <laughs> these, these idiots are coming on. So yeah. just because, like, we're totally different. And I think that, but I mean, we went into McDonald's. Yep. And they were full, full, you know, full size cutouts of us. We're on the side of buses. Yeah. We got glasses. Glassware. 32 Coke, ounce iced tea cups. The Diet Coke cans. <laughs> Diet Coke cans. Yeah, it's a little With caricatures. Pictures yeah. of Bull Brothers. Uh, yeah. I used to have all that stuff. I, I think I drank the Cokes. So. Uh, but I've still got a uh, sweatshirt. Not that that's a big deal, but it's an autograph by all three of us. And I thought at some point, some charity function will be the perfect one to auction that off for somebody. So I, so I work somebody at y get eight bucks. I work at Y12 these days. And so one of the ladies who's uh, one of the technical writers, uh, was a huge, first thing she said to me is, you were one of the Bull Brothers. <laughs> I went, I've done more. I want to borrow. That's right. You know? yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done some reporting. Well, there was some thoughts that you were going to try and back out of the Bull Brothers because you thought maybe it was putting well, a hindrance on your career. On his and it turned out it did. Yeah. What are you talking but, about? But, yeah. but what was interesting is, so she, but she was a huge Bull Brothers fan because she was a little girl at the time. And, and so I... As a gift, I got her. A, Bob had a photo of the original Bull Brothers, and he autographed it for her, nice. and it's now sitting in her office. How so. about that? You know, I remember one time my daughter, uh, I guess she was in kindergarten, and she wanted the boys to come visit her kindergarten class. And so I talked you guys into it. Yeah. We, it was at Farragut uh, Primary, and so we'd go walking in there. And I remember the kids were so excited when we walked in, and then it was always like, well, what do you guys do? <laughs> do something. Well, we don't do anything. We just so, do. So, Cash, you want to talk about one of the most embarrassing no, moments of our the lives? The most embarrassing. What was it? It was like before an Auburn game or something, wasn't it? But, yeah, they had some kind of pep rally or something oh, down no, at World's Fair side. And I had convinced you guys, we can get up there and sing like the real Blues Brothers. Oh, we can do that. We were going to do so. We spent man. about 20 minutes rehearsing and got up there and just... Um, it was awful. No. <laughs> this was pretty me, I think. Yes, I don't no. remember this. And you should thank us. Good. Because that was, <laughs> honestly, that, that was Chip, awful. Chip Carter yeah. learned no, the hard yeah, way. Yeah, Chip, Chip, le Chip left town after that. <laughs> yeah, he did. I think it's a big shame. <laughs> That's the only reason <laughs> I got to Knoxville. Yeah, we thought, we thought, my gosh, this this will be really good and people love us. And no. we got up there and did oh. nothing. It was crickets. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, it was bad. So we're not doing that yeah. anymore. Don't do that again. We're not know your strengths, boys. Yeah, so we lowered the bar on that one. But, uh, so what do we do? We did the Super Bowl. We did the Cotton Bowl. We did the Sugar Bowl. Did the Liberty Bowl. Liberty Bowl. Liber you guys did yeah, the Liberty did Bowl. The Liberty Bowl. Um, um, went back to the Sugar Bowl. I we think, did. Yeah, yeah with, against Virginia. Yeah. I remember that's where Jesse Jackson. Went. Remember running into Je his son played on the uh, Virginia team, and we ran into Jesse Jackson in our Bull Brothers costume. <laughs> <laughs> and he had no idea who we were. They didn't care. And, and didn't care. That's what you know. You know. You know who was always so fun though doing. 
Johnny Majors loved us. Yeah. yeah. He would do anything yeah. in the world. Remember that we were trying to get on the team oh, plane yeah. that one time? And so we walk up to see Pat, who was his secretary, and she was such a sweetheart. And, and she said, what do you boys want to do? Okay, all right. So we're, you know, going up to Coach Majors' office. You know, we're here to see Coach Majors. He said we can get a shot on the, you know, seat on the team plane going down to, to, to Dallas. Well, Coach Majors isn't here right now. Well, he told us to come up here. He said, I'm telling you, boys, he's not here. And so, well, we need to see. So then Pat, you know, gets up there and she opens the door. And we all, of course, three stick our head in there. And you, you see the shot of the, the empty office. And then you see the reverse shot and there's Majors behind the door. That's the one. Hi, how you doing? Uh, we're the Bull Brothers. Yes, I know. Uh, we're here to see Coach Majors about maybe getting on the team plane, going to New Orleans. Coach Majors is not here. Hmm, that can't be right. He said he'd be here. Coach Majors is not here, sorry. He said we could ride on the plane. We have an appointment. Oh, boys, I'm telling you, he's not here. See, I told you, he's not here. Hmm. Okay. one. Thanks. mixed up with Jimmy Johnson was because Johnny was acting for us. That was a, I'd say, managed to save a handful of those things somehow on, on tape and, and had them transferred to digital and showed my kids uh, about a year ago. And that was one of them. And we walked into Delta Airlines and Delta let us Delta let us do a skit with their employees about oh, how do, we were pulling stuff. How much do how much do you guys have to pay for these tickets? And we're pulling sledgehammers out of our pockets and big giant rubber fish, all kinds of, all kinds of stupid stuff, and then, like we had no money or something. Yeah. So, you know, and well, they smuggled us on. That we finally uh, Roger Frazier smuggled us on the. The plane, the, and they had a big cart. Right. Case. Was, yeah. So we all climbed yeah. in this case, and they shut the top of it. And of course, in the top of the, there was a sign on the top of it that said "Jocks." And you know, there's like two or three of the episodes where it's just our voices <laughs> and the stupid little, uh, what, 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 I don't know what you call it, little equipment, uh, equipment yeah. box yeah. rolling around, and it's our voices. Oh, what are you guys doing? Should we get out? I don't know. Where are we? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Well, let's talk about Steve Dean. Now, Steve, now, for those who aren't familiar with what was going on. Steve Dean would put these promos together that were scripted, and he yeah. took care of that. He was and then the, when we the would go to the games, director. we would off the cuff do stories out in the field. But those spots, I remember the uh, one, the remember the uh, the Golden Gopher. Yeah, <laughs> I hate Slinkies. Well, it was it was a takeoff on Indiana Jones. That's right. Yeah. And so we were going to the the basement of Graceland looking for the Golden Gopher. <laughs> 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 and so we get there and we find the golden gopher and we're taking all of a sudden these boxes, just like this thing in the movie, you know, the boxes come crashing down on us. And so we were out there dancing around, dance your way into your hearts, you know, oh, that kind of stuff. but, it, but the promo set it all up. And then, uh, and, and Steve was, I was the same thing with Dean. A lot of times I'm going, really, you think this yeah. is going to work? I don't know if this is going to work or not. And just, and, uh, so, but it was, uh, it was, it was, it was really neat because the people, I think, uh, I mean, I still have people now yeah. telling me, let's yeah. bring them back. How come mm -hmm. you can't bring them back? Is can't it? bring them back. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, yeah. they're done. We're, we, we're, well, well, we could sing this time. We get up on stage. <laughs> no, we'll do a no, little no, song no. and dance. No. No. People will love it. Yeah. Let's try that. You know, I remember Jim Martin was our photographer for a lot of those. And he was, I'd tell him what we're doing. He'd, go, he'd just shake his head. So that's the dumbest thing exactly. I've ever heard. You, you can't work. describe it to people. You have to see it and, and see it executed. Otherwise, just the idea, yeah, no, that's not going to work. Well, you just, know, it was, it was a little idea, bit like yeah, a Saturday Night Live skit, wasn't it? I mean, you, yeah. Yeah. it, it was yeah. sort of, you know, you, you talked about it. It was maybe even funnier talking about it than yeah. it actually yeah, yeah, was. Exactly. To us, not to other people. We thought but, they were funny. But yeah. you remember when our, we when, we when, our, when, our boat, when our boat broke down uh, going to Miami and we, we get on that little rubber ding, and Martin's going, you guys are buying a rubber raft right down here. So trust me, this is going to work. So we get in that rubber raft. What'd you do? Honestly, you stop like at Walmart or something on the way to Somebody, the shoot, right? And buy the rubber raft. Buy the raft. Yeah. We jump in the rubber raft, and I think Geno's in the back of it. You know, I'm out there like I'm Columbus trying to find the new world. Got the map and everything. And then Ted's, Ted's in the middle of the binoculars. Going to Gene's back there paddling. So we climb up on on the shore, and uh, the guy tells us, you know, you know. Of course, this is, we speak English here. This is right, Miami. Right. Oh, okay, well, this goes. So then, then you guys are dragging the raft. I said, don't drag it. You know, the whole deal was don't drag the raft. <laughs> Take care of the raft. And we can't hey, have a hole in it. And we became, remember, we became the Super Bowl brothers. We sh shifted from black suits to those Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're out there on the beach with our yeah. socks and shoes and yeah. that. And, right. and then we had those girls. girls we, were, we were buried in sand, and we got these girls walking by. Look, those, wearing the hats and the sunglasses. Those oh, guys my. are idiots over there. <laughs> <laughs> people yeah. love. It was fun. Just people we didn't know. Yeah. Hey, come act in our little skit for a minute. And they do, and they yeah. love it, and they were always good. Yeah. But people, uh, it was just so different. I don't know whether they felt sorry for us or whether they wanted to thought... You, we, you know, like you, when you go to Hollywood or Las Vegas or something like that, that you, you're supposed to, we're peddling money. Come on, get a picture taken with us and give us a buck or something like that. We didn't know. <laughs> we should know. have done that. I don't know. You <laughs> could have been in New Orleans. <laughs> you could have made some money. Orleans. We yeah. probably could have. But uh, yeah. it, was, it was really just kind of a, a phenomenon, really, when it started. It just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And people, you know, there are a lot of younger kids now that have no idea what we're talking right. about. But you get people our age who are just a little bit younger. Right. And it was just, and I think a lot of it was because that 85 season was so special. That's right. And the fact that we beat Miami, who was slated to be number right. one in the country. In right. some people's minds, you probably had a little bit of a connection to that victory, just, just the whole thing. It was, yeah, it, it was all, all tied into yeah. one, I think. But I, but I think we, I really think we accomplished the entire mission of stealing the game from Channel 6. I think you're right. Because, you know, we're down there, we took our satellite truck. And I'll never forget, remember Gene being out there on that balcony yes. with all those people? Yes. I mean, wall to wall. And so I've got, uh, I don't know, I have one of the players up there. We got, we were able to get players to come down there and be live on us yeah. on the set. At 620, they'd come down. And I think we even got majors one night. We got, we, we had the, I forgot the guy's name there in Miami, the station in Miami. They they saw what was going on, and we actually wound up on Miami TV talking about the Bull Brothers. They did a story about the Bull yeah, Brothers. Yeah, that was it was just a phenomenal. <laughs> but I'll, I'll never forget. You talk about how you had to be concentrating a little bit. So our our sat truck was kind of down to our left, and of course, you know, again, you go back and give Jim Hart and Jim Swinehart and these guys credit for having the vision to buy a satellite truck. Right. Because we, you know, it was a production truck, so we could do anything we wanted to from that satellite truck right. if we get us signal out and, and nobody else in town had that ability at the time that's right and uh, so but i'll never I was, I was up there doing the 620 deal and i'm throwing the packages and stuff and all of a sudden this girl gets up on top of our sat truck <laughs> oh yes and i'm and she's right in vision you know right so i'm i'm looking this way straight ahead and she's just barely off to my left about 10 o'clock and all of a sudden, she just does this little dance and strips down naked. <laughs> yes. And she's no, on top of our set truck, yeah. buck naked, in the middle of the 620 newscast. And I'm trying to keep from looking and doing this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, she just does a swan dive yes. in the crowd. She just did a swan dive. And, and they caught her. We, we got her. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, got, we had it on video. Yeah. Seconds need. later, here comes the... The police officer on the horse. <laughs> He's like, come on. No big deal. Puts a coat around her. Yeah, takes her away. Put a towel around her. So, yeah, it's, but it's a, it was just, it was wild. And we went. How did you come up with all the stuff? Because remember the last, I think the last year, it was Gene and me, maybe in Phoenix. No, it was you two guys. It was us I, in I Phoenix. Because at that point, I was a serious journalist. <laughs> he was worried about his news credibility. <laughs> so, so, actually, it wasn't me. I think it was the station. The station. They said, well, now you need to, you need to get away from those <laughs> need, crazy you boys. To, you need to grow up a little <laughs> bit. And who's, who's still in the business now and who's not in yeah, the business? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It turned yeah. out it was, the, it was the career killer. Leaving the Bull Brothers <laughs> killed your career. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you remember, Ted, we, we stayed at the, the Buttes, I think, oh, there out there. Resort, oh, it was great and so anyway so now i've got to figure out you know how to, how we're going to get there and mm -hmm. so somehow we wound up in the middle of the desert and of course you know around the hotel it was all like deserty so remember we, we're climbing up on our hands and knees we're about ready to die we don't know if we can get Ted, you know we, we, so we get up to the top of the butte and and said, this is as far as we can go and we look over and of course the swimming pool's right down below and then all of a sudden we just pop hey boys let's get <laughs> <laughs> Dust yourself off, head down to the Hey, girl, how we doing? <laughs> so it was uh, all that stuff was. But just, all your right, you, for, Gene, I, I, was it your ideas almost all the time? Because I just kind of watched you. Uh, probably, do the stuff. probably. Well, it was a bit of a collaborative. I'll take yeah. a little bit of credit. Do, take more. Take some credit. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I thought it was it was a very collaborative effort. But ultimately, when we were doing it, it was we were all following your lead. Bob. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, we were absolutely. Everyone was throwing following. ideas during yeah. the little yeah. brainstorm yeah. and session. So we'd say, "All right, we'll do this. We'll do And then Bob would take it and go, and then we'd. Follow I would throw your an lead. idea. You guys would go, "Yeah, but no," and then <laughs> <laughs> whatever you just really wanted to do. Uh, well, but, let, but let me just let me point out. I think the thing was we kind of had the. You set the idea of, all right, how are we going to get there? What are we going to do? Right. And then we'd start 
throwing ideas, and then we'd all it yeah. kind of all melt together. And some of them worked. Some, you know. Yeah, I mean, some of them. Some of them was funny. Some, some of it was. Awful. I think one of them wasn't perfect. The rest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me let me just be uh, uh, perfectly honest though here and blunt about it. Uh, so you guys on the fifth year of this thing, you guys go to the Fiesta Bowl mm-hmm. without Gene. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was the end of the Bowl Brothers, yeah. as I recall. It was. I'm thinking there was a missing ingredient that made the magic. And, yeah. I, 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 it's I, true. I think it ran its. I think it no, ran I think its it course. Did. It absolutely <laughs> did. Yeah. You know, you couldn't bring it back. It, it would be something else. And if you tried to bring something like the Bowl Brothers back in this age. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it would work. I think we just we hit it at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was perfect timing. It was everybody back in Knoxville thought that Channel Ten was carrying the game and dominated the the, the game, and that's what our whole goal. Because I, you know, unless you were here at that time, you didn't really have any idea how big that Sugar Bowl was. That's right. Because uh, this fan base was so starved to win the SEC. And that team came from nowhere to win the SEC with Dale Jones and those guys. Now we're going to Bourbon Street, and tickets were impossible to get. Right. Remember how tough right. tickets were for that game? Miami was number one or number two. Yeah, yeah were, Vinny Testaverde and all yeah, that Yeah, Vinny of, was there. I remember cool. him walking down the street. He looked like you know man about town because he had that entourage with him, and they just knew they were going to mop the floor yeah. with Tennessee. It but then if out. you remember, very first play, Testaverde goes to the line of scrimmage, looks around, calls timeout. Yep. Very first play, and you're thinking, Ken Donahue is dialed it up, and this is this is going to be special. I remember Ted, excuse me, Chip and I were sitting in the in the up in the where the reporters were, and we had to, you know, you have to follow the rules. You can't cheer. The strip joint. Yeah, that's where we were. Took me to beat too long. Sorry. No, but I remember when what was his name? Powell took off on that big long run and just slowly coming out of my chair, and I just wanted to cheer and Jeff Powell, and I was just holding on, and it was, and they had to had to call us down several times, not just yeah, you're not allowed to make noise in the press box. Yeah, can't be an advocate, and so, but we had to leave at halftime because we had to go back and file our stories. And so uh, we listened to the game, and we had a bet with some of the guys from the Miami station there, and they paid up right at, uh, before really? the game was over with. Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. It was, well, it was, it was stunning. I mean, it was such a shocking yeah. game, and I was you know, work, doing the ball network stuff with uh, Spotting for John and stuff for the game. And the band formed the T, and when they ran out on that field, and that whole Superdome was Tennessee. <laughs> Just a small little pocket of Miami fans. I mean, the building almost shook when they came out on the field. Every bar you walked into that week at Bourbon Street was playing Rocky Top. Yeah. People, people figured out how to play it, and then it played to the crowd. And every, mm-hmm. I remember uh, who was it that was in his orange tuxedo singing in one of the bars? Oh, uh, Hugh Ray Wilson. Oh, yeah. Hugh Ray. Hugh Ray. Yeah. Hugh, Ray. Yeah. 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 Hugh Ray Wilson was in there singing in one of the bars Rocky Top. I'll, I'll never forget that. Well, anybody that was anybody was down there yeah. for that game, mm-hmm. and it was just, uh, it was one of the most spectacular nights that I've been ever a part of. Even compared to 98. Yeah, because you thought in 98, you know, Winky wasn't playing. Yeah. We, we got a pretty good chance to win this game because they don't have their quarterback, and we got a really good team, and we're going to be good. But I don't think anybody thought that really, I mean, Tennessee's had a magical run, but this is Miami. This is Vinny Testaverity. This is... They've got about six guys on this team that are going to the first round of right. the draft. I right. mean, this, and then uh, Ken Donahue dials up that defense, and we played great. And Chris White had those interceptions, yep. and it just Daryl Dickey played great, and uh, it was just it was unexpected uh, how not only they beat Miami, they they drubbed them, beat them bad, and that was what was so special. I, I never never forget being down in the locker room after the game and Daryl Dickey. 
with his mom and uh, and Coach Dickey standing. He's got the MVP. Tri- I mean, who would have thought Daryl Dickey, Dickey would right. be the MVP of the Sugar Bowl yeah. when the season started? Yeah. I mean, that wasn't even and that wasn't even on the radar screen. No. And there he is. Daryl's down in the locker room. He's you know emotional. And, and Tennessee finished what fourth that year after that game. Probably somewhere it was a top five. Yeah, probably. I can't remember exactly where they finished, but yeah, it was. They jumped up a lot, and uh, that that kind of you know that set the stage for Tennessee's run in the nineties. Mm-hmm. You know, early two thousand. You, you had the you, you had a you know pretty good eighty six eight, and of course eighty eighty eight was the year they started off zero and six. Right, and then that they, was my first year here. <laughs> you introduced me to Johnny Majors in the press box, but I don't remember why we were up there spring. I, I don't remember what it was. I got here in July and I. I said, I've been in big, big eight country at the time, and I'm looking forward to watching real football. And, and he kind of looked at me weird because he was an Iowa State guy. Right? Oh, yeah. He had some of that in his history, too. Uh, but, but so I'm pumping up Johnny. They start 0 <laughs> <on> 6. 0 <laughs> 6. But then they come uh, back and win the last five. That's right. And uh, then that set the stage for you know, the great run, 89 and 90, and then on off into when Coach Fulmer took over in the national championship year. But that 85 season, I think. Gave everybody hope that uh, this Tennessee program could get back where it was supposed to. You know, because when Coach Majors came, I mean, first year was seven losses. First time that Tennessee had ever lost seven games in a season. And you're thinking, you know, this is going to be a long road back. Blair House Antique are staffed with expert antique collectors and have acquired the finest variety of jewelry, chandeliers, furniture, and other pieces of history. They have an amazing collection of sterling silver, yellow gold, pearls, diamond, platinum, silver, gems, sapphires, and so on. They just joined the Tennessee Antique Trail. The Blair House is conveniently located in Bearden in Knoxville, Tennessee, next to Earth Fair. For more information, visit their website, Blair House Antiques Knoxville, com. All right, so let's talk about some other things. I think we got a little bit more time here. Um, Teddy, so you're over at Channel 8. I am, yeah. Yeah, of course, we left. We left Knoxville um, for one main reason, and um, I wanted to be a network anchor, and um, I thought the best place to do it would be at a bigger station sure, somewhere. Sure. So. Um, I was kind of determined we would go to one of the bigger Gannett stations if possible. So Minneapolis was an option. Uh, it didn't work out. And as soon as the Minneapolis one closed, Atlanta opened up. Because you're from I'm from there. Minnesota. Yeah. My family, almost all of them are still there. So uh, it, was, it was almost like the week after they hired somebody in, in-house and, and didn't hire an outside anchor. So I didn't get the job. That The Atlanta job opened up. And I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, but it worked out in a, in, a, in in a sense that Atlanta was our newsroom actually hosted the NBC Southeast Bureau, right. so it was just yeah obviously this would be the the right step. Let's go down there, work a few years, and figure out if network is a, is an option. But of course, a lot of people know by now that our first year down there, we found out our youngest son had brain cancer, right. and uh, it just changed everything. It sure. was it was literally like a switch flipped on my whole life. And, don't care about this stuff anymore. Not as important. Yep, switch goes up on all this stuff. So, so my last seven years there, uh, I didn't care about moving up anymore, and I just cared about being home as much as I could and hanging out with the family as much as I could. And so I had about a year left on my last contract, and and they, the news director brought me in and, and said we want to resign you, and here's how much it's going to pay, and um, you know it'll be for four more years, and 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 I said no. And she said, no. I said, no. And it, was re- it wasn't like a, a well-planned, I'm going to do this kind of thing. I said, no. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I called my wife. Said, I asked if I could have the rest of the day off. Called my wife. Said, let's go out to eat. She thought something was wrong. And I said, I just quit today. And she goes, what were you thinking? Right? What, what are you gonna What are you <laughs> gonna do? And I said, I don't know what I'm gonna do. So uh, I had I had to fulfill the rest of the contract. So we had time to think about it and time to make things happen. But Knoxville is where we wanted to be. Um, with Keaton, our youngest, uh, we used to go to islands constantly on vacation. Mm-hmm. And he, every time he would say, Why don't we just move to one of these places? Let's just move to one. 
I just quit TV. I don't have a job. Why don't we move? So we, we spent two weeks in Hawaii. We were scouting Maui. My sister lives in Maui. And we, were, we spent one week vacation, you know, beauty. One week real life. Here's what it'd really be like living off the beach and stuff like that. And houses and schools and job hunting. And at the end of that trip, it was just Lisa, me, and, and the youngest. And uh, we're sitting in the Honolulu airport after that little jump flight. And he said, I'd rather live in Knoxville than mm-hmm. Hawaii. So I opened it up and, and just kind of put on my Facebook page, uh, I'm a free agent. Don't know what's happening. Let's find out. And uh, through, through all the different conversations with everybody, um, Channel 8's the one that, that won. Um, and it's because they, to me, were the ones that are now making the big moves. They are the ones that needed my help. And they're the ones that I could actually help. Yeah. Um, Channel 10 still got their little panel of all-stars, and they're doing great. And I'm still friends with almost all of them over there. Uh, but, but it worked out to be just the perfect situation that I didn't expect. And I, it, it, in fact, I didn't take their calls the right. first couple times they called because I said, no, 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 no. Somebody I really respect called and convinced me that they're kind of changing. So you might actually want to listen to what they have to say. They're, they're not what they used to be. Yeah. And they're not. And I'm happy to be there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, all of us here have Channel 10 roots and all of us have ventured elsewhere. Of course, I was at Channel 6 for uh, 14 years. That Gee, was where the wait. first time I had to say... Six back yeah. back in those days, it was still eyewitness news. Now the first time I said that, I mean, it was like, yeah. <laughs> and and a couple of times I think probably not live, fortunately, but uh, you know when you close out a report or something, I I, I think I may have slipped Action Ten in there a couple of yeah. times, but uh, it's hard uh, not to. So Bobby, of course, you've been a voice of the balls for what twenty years? Twenty one. Wow. Right wow. after the ninety eight season, yeah. ninety nine, you started in what month in ninety nine? Well, it would have been July of ninety nine. July, July 1st, 1999, and uh, Coach Dickey had hired me. You know, it was interesting. Um, John had announced he was, it's time, yeah. before the 98 season, and took us all by surprise. And, of course, I'm doing Jefferson Pilot uh, mm-hmm. at the time. So I'm, you know, I've got, you know, one of the things I circled when I got out of UT, <clears throat> I wanted to be the voice of a team. I wanted to do Major League Baseball. Uh, or, uh, you know, I wanted to be a network anchor, doing network sports. So uh, I was doing uh, network. I mean, the, Jefferson Pilot, for those people that don't remember Jefferson Pilot, that was the SEC network yeah. before what we're So I'm doing basketball on the weekends. I'm doing football games. And so uh, and Tim Brando had left. I would do games in November when we had splits, or I'd, have, I'd do games when Brando had got called away by CBS. But Brando had left to go full-time to CBS. So now I'm the number one anchor doing SEC football. You know, and that if, if I would quit tomorrow, they'd have 300 people applying for yeah. the job. So it's, it's really a great job. And, and I'm doing, uh, of course, I'm still working at Channel 10, and everything's great. So Ward announces that he's uh, stepping down in the next year. And I'm trying to make the decision, do I want to, do I really, you know, do I want to apply for that job? Do I want to give up the Channel 10 stuff? You know, because I, right. I had a lot of equity. And do you want to give up being the voice of the SEC football and basketball? I mean, do you want to do that? And uh, so, uh, people, and people don't believe this. Doug Dickey never talked to me about the job hmm. during the year. I didn't send a tape over there. I didn't send a resume over there. I didn't call him and say, you know, hey, I really want this job. I didn't call. I didn't call anybody about the job, and uh, I went to. Uh, as soon as Ward made the announcement, I went to uh, to Jeff Lee and Margie Nichols, and I said, "Here's the deal. I don't know if I'm a candidate for that job. I'm not going to apply for it. But if you do this, you sign me to. This is the this is the contract I want. And if you guys agree to those terms, I'll sign with you right now, and I won't even think about the UT job. I'll just keep doing SEC football, and I'll do this. And they said, well, we, you know, they didn't like the fact that somebody was dictating terms to them. I yeah. Think. Yeah. You know, that they wanted to have. And, and this first time I'd ever have leverage. Now, I was playing poker because right. when, John, when John steps down, if maybe Doug, Doug Dickey's got somebody else, you know, right. he's already got some, you know. You know mm-hmm. So I'm kind of playing poker with him, but I told him the whole way. So when John does his last game uh, in basketball, the next Monday morning, he did it on a Saturday, Monday morning, Doug Dickey calls me. Said, can you, he called me at 7.30 in the morning. Said, can you be in my office at 9? 
And so I said, so I showed up. Then he wanted to know if I was interested in the job. And I said, yeah, of course I'm interested. Mm -hmm. Interested in talking about it. So anyway, he made a, we'd had a couple of meetings that week. And then he said, well, I have an offer for you on Friday. And he asked me what it was going to take for me to come. So he gives me a package on Friday. And I don't look at it. Uh, I've got a, a lawyer here in town that's kind of helping me with the contract and this kind of stuff. I don't even look at it over the weekend because I'm, I've been playing poker now a little bit. I'm thinking <laughs> I could have really backed myself into a court. Right. But I called Channel 10 the whole time. I said, listen, and I told him what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky because my contract at Channel 10 was running out that summer. And my contract at JP had run out. So I was talking. But JP had already said, we're going to sign, re-sign you. So don't worry about that. But Channel 10. And uh, that whole week while I was here, I kept telling him, I said, listen, they're, they're going to make me an off on Friday. But I will hold up my bargain if you guys meet what those things I talked about earlier and just sign that I'll, I'll stay at Channel 10. And I never heard from them. Hmm. And so I sat on the offer over the weekend, and I didn't look at it. And so Monday morning, I go in to see my guy. And he said, well, what do you think? I said, I don't know. What's in the package? <laughs> and he, what's the offer? Yeah, what's the offer? Because I don't, still don't know. And so he opens up and said, what, what did you ask for? I said, I asked for that. He said, you asked for this? I said, yeah. I said, it's all there, everything you asked for. Wow. And then he said, then he said, you know, this is over. This is over. You know, you, you, you're not, we're not negotiating back and forth now with Channel 10. You know, you, you gave Channel 10 op you know, lots of time. And Coach Dickey, you, you asked him and Coach Dickey gave you it. So, which was the s smartest thing that ever did. So I shook Coach Dickey's hand and took the job. Yeah. Then I went over and talked to <coughs> Margie and Jeff Lee and said, and to, to Jeff Lee's credit, he had a big, package for him. Of course, it's probably all the disciplinary stuff I had gone through. <laughs> so anyway, he gives me the package and says, uh, and he goes to give it to me, and then he sticks it back underneath his arm and shakes my hand and says, congratulations. So, But it was a great, it's been a great move for me. And, you know, I've been, you know, Ted's talking about how he's moved around a bunch. Um, I've been lucky because I've been here since 72 when I came here to go to school. And I've never moved my family. I've done all these great things, but I've never had to move my family. My kids have never had to change schools. Tammy's never had to change work. I've never had to sell houses. So I, I've been, like, Ted's been blessed being in a right, great spot. You've been blessed. Too. I've been blessed because it's been just great for my family. And, yeah. and it's just, I mean, who doesn't want to be the lead announcer at the University of Tennessee? It's absolutely. It's a great job. <coughs> what about you? Because you, as far as the normal people go, Gene Patterson all of a sudden one day disappeared. disappeared. <laughs> it really is yeah. kind of well, the lady you know, who cuts my hair said she was uh, in her shop one day right after I'd left. And the couple of little old ladies in the shop were talking. And they said, what about poor Gene Patterson? And and lady said, what happened? Well, apparently he died. He's not on TV <laughs> yeah. anymore. She thought I died. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, but no. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm at Y12 doing uh, public affairs. And, uh, yeah, you know, and you're exactly right about when one, one thing happens, hopefully something really good will happen. And in my case, I landed in the perfect position um, where, you know, I have... I work four days a week. Uh, you know, when the company has a sponsorship for a golf team, they call on old Gene Boy here to put you the get team to together. Go. And, you know, I have VPs who are begging me to be on the team, right? So it's a good place to be. But I, I do a lot of work with uh, nonprofits in the Oak Ridge and Knoxville areas uh, in Rome County. You were man of the year in Anderson County. Yeah, yeah I what was about happy that? to be able to surprise you I with the introduction. Known, I should have known something was up. You know, first of all, the corporate communications guy was there, and I'm thinking, why is he here? And Ted big shows up. In Anderson County yeah, and Clinton. Ted shows up, and he's emceeing the thing, and I'm thinking, what? what you know, and next thing you know, I'm looking at this thing, and it says, uh, Volunteer of the Year, Ted Hall is going to present. I'm thinking, why? And then, of course, yeah. it was me. Yeah. That was the biggest shock in the planet. Good. That's great. Good. But anyway, so, yeah, nah, I still keep up with you guys, obviously, and uh, but it's been fun. We've caught you in the yard a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Looking in the windows. Uh, all right, so they're giving us the big wrap. So uh, for Bob Kessling, hey. Ted Hall, Gene Patterson, former Bull Brothers. I think the Bull Brothers helped all of our careers in a weird way. <laughs> Way. Odd way. I think they did. Yeah, Thanks for getting so me too. involved in this yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, it got me thanks for free. dragging me into Miami. <laughs> it got me free Coca Cola. Dallas. And, yeah. Anyway, thanks. Guys. Good to see you, Gene. Good, Good to see, see you, you Ted. I want to take time to thank River Media for providing the studio with the help of Joe Jackson. I also want to thank Terry Monk with On Track Marketing and Design for helping me with audio production. Thanks for stopping by Country Road Detour.